Well, it was the first loss for the Eagles in their preseason opener against the Baltimore Ravens, but it was an exciting takeaway-filled matchup on both sides of the ball. All that and more coming up on this Monday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to this Monday edition of the show. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase recapping a 20-19 loss the Eagles suffered on Saturday night in the preseason opener against the now Baltimore Ravens who have won 24 straight preseason games. I don't think they've lost since 2016, but it really isn't about the loss for the Eagles. I think on both sides of the ball, there are some really positive takeaways, especially from young players standing out. And honestly, I was telling this to Gino on Saturday night after the game, that was one of the highest quality products of preseason football that I've watched in a long time on both sides of the football. I thought the offensive line play was really good. I thought quarterback play on both sides was pretty high. Uh, receivers and weapons, some great plays in the open field. The secondary looked good. Some pass rushers that we got to get into for the Eagles. I was very, very happy about the product they put out there. And I was a little nervous because you were hearing a lot throughout training camp that things were looking sloppy. There were some issues with penalties and with turnovers and, Nick Sirianni, of course, traditionally, as he's done the last two years, decided to not play pretty much any starters that have been here for multiple years. Jalen Hurts not out there. A.J. Brown, you know, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. The list goes on and on. Even last year, actually, he had Jalen and the starters out for at least one drive. This year, he's like, nope, that's going to be training camp. I am not risking it at all. But the backups showed out. And so there are some guys I thought that didn't make the most of their opportunities One guy suffers some bad luck and linebacker Sean Bradley tearing his Achilles. He's out for the season. He was in a depth linebacker battle for sure that, you know, there was a spot for him to be had, especially as a special teams captain over the last few years. So that sucks for Sean. And there were some guys that struggled too. I thought Keely Ringo had a a rough debut for the Eagles against Baltimore, but for the most part, pretty much positives. And so I want to get into both sides of the ball in today's edition of the podcast. But first, before we get into like who stood out on offense, who stood out on defense, I think there were just a lot of newcomers in this game, both veterans and rookies, young players as well in their second or third year that are making their debut for the birds. And I was saying there were, there were multiple times in that game. I said, wow, I can't believe the NFL let the Eagles get this guy. And there were two players, especially I felt that way about on offense. There was one and on defense, there was one on offense. It was Deandre Swift and Swift only was out there for, I think a drive or two. He only had two carries for 24 yards. And I don't know if he had a reception. Uh, He did not, but he was out there a lot in the receiving game too. Deandre Swift though, that long run that he did have, that was shady McCoy esque where he made a man absolutely get teleported into another universe with an angle breaking move to bounce it to the left side, to the left boundary. And then 15 yards down the field lowers his shoulder is the low man. The low man always wins in football and wrecks a defensive back into the ground for, I think it was what a a 20 yard, 20 yard play. It was so nice. And I look at that and say to the Detroit lions, sure. Could Jameer Gibbs be better than Swift this year? Probably. Is it, is he going to be so much better that it was worth trading away DeAndre Swift for almost nothing? He's barely making 
any money for the Eagles and the Lions take a running back with a 12th overall pick. I mean, I think it's absolutely nuts to this day that they didn't just keep Swift and Montgomery and use that as their backfield. And the Eagles are having that approach with Swift and Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, I thought, looked good as well on Saturday night. Stayed healthy, nine carries for 34 yards, only a 3.8-yard average. But there were some plays where you could see the burst, and there were some plays where I said behind a first-team offensive line, that's a much bigger run than it was today. Because again, the Eagles with their offensive line didn't really have any starters out there. Actually, none of them. Even Cam Jurgens didn't play at right guard. It was Tyler Steen at left tackle. Um, I know uh, Brett Toth was at center. Suo Peta was one of our guards. So was Dennis Kelly. And then Jack Driscoll was playing at right tackle. So there were a couple moments where I thought Penny would have busted out a bigger run too. But Swift was the guy I said, the fact that the Eagles got him for almost nothing when it comes to draft pick compensation, they're paying him almost nothing. And I think he's going to be just as good, if not more dynamic than Miles Sanders was for the Eagles over the last three years is highway robbery. And he showed that with that highway. I can't stop watching that ankle breaker. That was a lot of fun to see. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it was of course the Eagles ninth overall draft pick that had no business falling to the Eagles. It's Jalen Carter on his first rep in an NFL game. And again, yes, it is preseason. So take it all with a grain of salt. But this is what I asked for on Friday when Gino and I were previewing the defensive side of the football against Baltimore. I kept saying, I don't need Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith to go out there and have five sacks tonight or on Saturday. I don't need them to go out there and wreck the entire ball game. I just want to see them. Even if they make a few plays where they struggle, that's, that's totally fine. I just want to see a moment or two where it's like, okay, yes, these guys really have no business playing with these other players. They are on another level. And Jalen Carter did not wait long to fulfill that wish. He did it from the jump. His first pass rushing snap, his first snap in an NFL game, he obliterates this Baltimore guard with a swim move. And he just, the guard didn't even have a chance. By the time the guard realized what was happening, Jalen Carter was already in the backfield getting a hit on Josh Johnson. It was such an explosive move. And we've been hearing about Carter his explosion, his speed to power balance coming off the line of scrimmage, firing off like a rocket. We've been hearing about it all year so far, all summer in camp. Well, we saw that in the game. Jalen Carter is going to be a problem. And the fact that the Eagles got him at number nine, I think he was probably the most non, the, the most talented non quarterback positional prospect in this year's draft. And he like, after that one snap, I said, that's all I need. That's all I need to know. Get him off the field. I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there not leading the Eagles in sacks, but if he gets a lot of reps next to Fletcher Cox, if they truly run this thing as a rotation and you know he's out there maybe just as much, if not more, than Jordan Davis, then he's going to put up numbers this year. And he wants to win rookie of the defensive rookie of the year. I truly think he could do it. I think the sack totals could be up there. I mean, this is a true pass rushing interior defensive lineman that I don't know. I kept saying that he, and this is getting ahead of myself. It's just one play, but I like to be a prisoner of the moment. Sometimes it's fun. I've been saying all off season. I don't think he'll replace Javon Hargrave, you know, pass rushing production wise right away. I'm not so sure. We'll see. I mean, Jalen Carter looked really, really fun on Saturday. And again, Jordan Davis, I, didn't really love his performance. And again, it's one game, but I thought from a pass rushing standpoint, there wasn't much new that I saw with when it comes to explosiveness with hand moves. But again, it's, you know, only like a quarter and a half that he played, but I don't know. I think Jalen Carter, maybe I'll make a bet with Gino when it comes to who leads this team in snaps at tackle. 
Um, maybe even throwing Fletcher Cox in there. It, it might be Jalen Carter. I mean, again, this is getting ahead of myself, but that was just such an impressive debut for sure. And Nolan Smith too. Nolan Smith had a really nice pass rushing win against Baltimore's left tackle with the ghost move that not a lot of guys can do. You have to have a certain level of athleticism, bend, you know, speed to power balance. You know, Von Miller has perfected it. Josh Sweat is somebody that can do it for sure. Uh, Nolan Smith with the ghost move, getting under the left tackle, he got a quarterback hit as well. So there were multiple moments, and that's all I wanted, just to see the Georgia boys make a play where I said, yep, okay, there is why they were a first-round pick. There is why they had no business falling to the Philadelphia Eagles. So overall, very happy with the play on Saturday night on both sides of the ball. I'm going to get more into it coming up next. Tanner McKee stood out. There were some young defensive backs we got to get into as well. The Eagles fall 20-19 to to Baltimore Saturday, but I think it was a very positive outcome that Nick Sirianni should be happy with. Guys, today's episode of the Locked On Eagles podcast is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy August is here, and you know what that means. I just had my draft, the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. I love best ball. Normally, I do normal leagues, but best ball is so much fun. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back, and it's even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with our promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place to play best ball. Best Ball Mania 4 is the largest fantasy football tournament ever. The winner of Best Ball Mania drafted their team again in July. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the game. We thank you so much. We thank Underdog Fantasy for sponsoring the Locked On Eagles podcast today. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Monday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, our first game recap of the 2023 season. The Eagles fall Saturday night in their preseason opener, 20-19 to over the Baltimore Ravens, uh, nearly did pull off the win. A two-point conversion did fail at the end of the game. But again, it's not about wins and losses in the preseason unless you're Baltimore. They care about this a lot. Again, they've won 24 straight preseason games now. They haven't lost since I was like a freshman in college which ages and dates me more than anybody else. But I thought it was a very positive outcome. Both sides of the ball. I already mentioned, you know, Jalen Carter, amazing first pass rush win on his first snap in the NFL. Nolan Smith showing off the ghost move. That was really impressive. DeAndre Swift playing the role of ankle breaker in that first quarter with a super impressive, explosive 20 plus yard run. I thought a lot of the young guys stood out though, too. And not just, I mean, the top draft picks. A lot of the you know later draft picks, I thought as well, the undrafted kids, they really stood out. And I want to start with the offensive side of the football. I think there wasn't as much. I, I think most of what I loved was on defense, i.e. Carter, Smith, a lot of other guys I'll get into. But one player I did not expect to stand out the way he did, and that wasn't really on my radar a whole lot. I didn't. It was the one draft pick this year I didn't really love. It was rookie Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee finished the game. Doesn't look sexy. 10 for 20, 50 yard completion percentage, 148 yards. But wow, the confidence, the timing, the anticipation, the accuracy, and the aggression of this kid in his first game was off the charts. It was super impressive. Those first two drives to end the sec the first half, 
were incredible. I mean, some of those back shoulder throws that he was making really showed off his natural arm strength, but the timing was right. The accuracy reports were McKee was kind of struggling with accuracy. He couldn't really rein in that throwing power, you know, throughout camp. That was not the case against Baltimore. I mean, he made another throw, a layer throw 20 yards down the field in the two minute drill on a rope to Tyree Cleveland. I mean, it was super impressive. And just to see the pocket presence, uh, McKee is somebody that, I don't know. I was telling Gino that might've been the best quarterback play I've seen in an Eagles preseason game since Nate Sudfeld in 2018, maybe McKee. And again, this is one game, but this is what we do after a game. We have to react Tanner McKee. If he keeps that play up, the Eagles, especially they drafted this kid. I mean, he's six, six. He's got a lot of natural arm power. He's got the mobility of a dump truck. So don't expect him to ask. Don't ask him to do what Jalen hurts and Marcus Mariota do. But if he can be that kind of aggressive, aggressive, and that kind of efficiency, he's going to make the roster as QB3. He, he could be your new Nate Sudfeld. Again, the Eagles have been thrown out there for years now. You know, Reed Sinet and Carson Strong and Clayton Thorson. The quarterback play has been really bad. There hasn't been anybody worth, you know, Ian Book. I thought Ian Book had a brutal game on Saturday night, by the way. Tanner McKee clearly in the lead to be QB3. I thought he looked better than Marcus Mariota, too. So I liked what I saw from Mariota from a mobility standpoint, but McKee threw the football way better than Mariota did. Um, McKee, maybe I think again, is the best QB three you've had since, or at least the most talented since Nate Sudfeld. And I think it's, I can see why the Eagles wanted to draft this kid. He's got some natural talent. The size and the arm strength is there. There were some throws he made that not a lot of other quarterbacks have the arm power to get it there. Um, there was the, you know, three or four different back shoulder throws. I mean, it was a super impressive performance and, I don't know. I mean, I have not thought they were going to keep a QB three. I thought they'd go heavy on maybe they keep an extra six at receiver, a third tight end, you know, an extra offensive lineman, you know, go heavy with defensive backs on defense. But it's a numbers game at this point, And McKee made the case. That's the thing about the preseason and the thing about like battling for a 53 man spot. You're not only competing with your position, you're competing with everybody. Like you have to outplay how good like Tanner McKee has to look better than Eli Rick Ricks does at corner to convince his team. Hey, keep an extra quarterback. Don't keep an extra corner. You're truly competing with everybody on this roster. And I was very, very impressed with McKee. He made some pro ready NFL throws. And I don't know. I think that's worth keeping an eye out for, especially with Mariota only on a one-year deal. Marcus, by the way, not a bad debut. Seven for 11, 58 yards. Also had four carries for 29 yards on the ground. That's what I wanted to see more of. I know Mariota at this point. We know who he is as a passer. He's not an elite passer or he'd be a QB one. He had some brutal throws, but at the same time, he made some easy completions as well. Um, I just wanted to see his mobility that third and 13 play where he rolls to his left. He avoids the pressure and he moves the chains with a 15 yard run. That's what I wanted to see from Marcus. Cause that's where I know the explosive plays are going to come. If he has to play in a regular season game for Hertz, like, again, we know who he is as a passer. They're going to make things very easy for him. Like they did with Minshew last year. If he has to throw the football, he's got Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, Dale Scotter. They'll make it easier for him. The explosive where Mariota can elevate you is with his legs. And there's not a lot of backups that on third and 13, they can pull off what Mariota did. So that's, that brought me more comfort just to see, okay, he still has that mobility. And that was the case with him in the Falcons last year when he was starting, they weren't winning games or staying in games because of his arm. It was with his legs. And they were actually in a lot of football games in that first half of the year in large part because of Mariota's mobility. And so that that's all I needed to see especially with this offense, the way it's built around Hertz. I know Mariota can come in, 
definitely you're going to take a step back throwing the football, but I think he can throw well enough with those kind of weapons to, you can still win with him. And then him running the football, it's something you can win because of. Um, so, but I definitely thought Tanner McKee stood out more at quarterback. It would be McKee, then a little bit of a drop off to Mariota. And then, yeah, there was a pretty significant drop off with Ian book uh, one for four for 11 yards. He was kind of running around for his life. Uh, not a great performance from book. If anybody thought it was McKee versus book, I don't know if that's the case at all. I don't even know if that was before this game, but I was really blown away by Tanner McKee. Um, other offensive players that I thought stood out. Uh, Tyree Cleveland for the Eagles at wide receiver, five catches for 68 yards. Greg Ward, five catches for 53. The guy just will never go away. I don't know. Is Greg Ward, is, and he played punt returner too on Saturday. They asked him to do a lot. If they keep a six at receiver, is it Greg Ward again? Joseph Nada didn't do much, only one catch for four yards. He was the one that was getting all the hype heading into this football game, but Tyree Cleveland was the leader of the pack. And then there's, of course, Greg Ward. I think, honestly, they probably don't keep a six of these players. I think at least one or two of these guys you can stash away on the, on the practice squad. But overall for me, the, the biggest takeaway on offense was the quarterbacks looked good and the offensive line I thought looked good. I Tyler Steen, by the way, interesting that Jeff Stoutland had him playing left tackle. He played some guard as well. And I think that's what Stoutland wants to do is, you know, Steen's going to be that Swiss army knife backup. That's playing. He might be your primary tackle backup and guard behind Jurgens, Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata. Uh, and Stoutland threw the kitchen sink at him his first game. I was just surprised that he started at left tackle versus guard. I know he played left tackle at Alabama uh, throughout his entire career, but they drafted him to be a guard. He's been playing right guard throughout the summer with Cam Jurgens, but they had Suo Peta starting at guard and Steen was at tackle. But so interesting decision from Stoutland, but I think that's what he wants from Steen. He wants versatility, and he's going to ask him to play all these positions. But the offensive line held up well, which allowed us to properly evaluate the quarterbacks, like Tanner McKee, and the quarterback play was good, so it allowed us to properly evaluate the receivers, tight ends, and running backs. I thought the tight ends looked good, too. I thought Grant Calcaterra made a really nice catch. Um, he had to go low from Mariota, picked up the first down. Dan Arnold had a nice seven-yard catch. Um, not a whole lot of takeaways at that position, but overall, I think they kind of stood pat. But I thought everybody looked pretty solid on offense. I thought it was a, again, a higher quality product of football than I was expecting. Defense though, is where I'm definitely more excited about the debuts. You've already heard me talk about Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. The secondary stood out too, and some other young players in the defensive line. So we'll get into that coming up next right here in the lockdown Eagles podcast, the Eagles fall 20 to 19 to the Baltimore Ravens in their preseason opener. Guys, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, i.e. the Philadelphia Eagles, come on, you got to bet on the Birds, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets then on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more futures. You want to take Jalen Carter now to win Rookie of the Year after that big first debut? Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. We thank FanDuel for sponsoring the LockedOn Eagles podcast today. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Monday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Takeaways from Saturday night's loss to the Baltimore Ravens. The preseason opener, 20-19, to 19, is the final Overall, though, very happy with what I saw, especially from a lot of the young players. And we talked about offense. I think Tanner McKee stole the show at quarterback in his debut for the Birds. But on defense, that's where I got most excited. Obviously, again, because of the flashes that I saw from Jalen Carter, from Nolan Smith, 
Um, I think the defensive line overall looked pretty good. Moro Ajomo, very happy with his debut. The Eagles' seventh-round rookie from the University of Texas. Thought he was consistently in the backfield. Got a couple nice quarterback pressures. A couple nice run stops. Ajomo's battling for a spot with, I think, Marlon Tui-Poloto, Contavious Street. I thought overall the defensive line looked pretty solid. But I got more excited. And at linebacker, honestly, of course, the news with Sean Bradley's tough. That takes one guy out of this competition. Torn Achilles, he's out for the year. Big blow to the Eagles special teams. Bradley's been a big part of the special teams unit for years now, since he was drafted in 2020. Um, but at linebacker overall, you know, Gino and I were saying last week, it's gut check time for Nicholas Morrow. This was a guy that was an unquestioned starter next to Nicobe Dean. He was like the only other lock at linebacker behind Dean to be on the team this year. But then they brought in Miles Jack. They brought in Zach Cunningham. Reports were that Morrow didn't look great so far throughout camp. So I thought maybe he could go from an unquestioned starter to suddenly a backup or not even on the roster at all. Well, Morrow, I thought, actually looked the best of the linebackers that were on the field on Saturday. So Morrow, that was a big win for him. Miles Jack was out there. Didn't notice him a whole lot. Again, he just joined the team a week ago. Same with Zach Cunningham. Christian Ellis, man, I'll tell you, this guy, can he can get to the sideline regarding half the field. But if you ask him to cover a lot of space, I don't know. I know Christian Ellis has been getting a lot of first-team reps at linebacker so far this year at camp, but I thought he you could totally tell the difference in movement between him, Morrow, Jack, and Cunningham. I'm not so sure if I really want to be relying on Christian Ellis this year to play meaningful defensive snaps. I think I thought Nicholas Morrow was the winner at linebacker. The secondary is where I got really excited. Keely Ringo, as I mentioned, he struggled. Uh, there was one brutal red zone drive. The one driver Baltimore scored, I think it was in the, the first half. Uh, Keely Ringo had just the worst attempt at tackling the running back ended up just totally turned around. The effort was not there. That's a rep that the coaches are going to show in the film room of what not to do. And then the next play, he got beat on a back shoulder throw for a touchdown. Ringo did have one nice rep on third and seven, totally mirrored one-on-one -on -one man coverage, no safety over top, press man, totally mirrored the receiver, ended up breaking at the same time as the receiver, popped the ball out for a pass breakup, forced a three and out. That's the Ringo that I saw at Georgia a lot. Again, Ringo's, I don't think, in jeopardy of losing a roster spot. He's been one of the main boundary corner backups. Uh, but there, there were some moments there I was like, okay, you can see the, the rawness still in his game. But the other corners, blown away by. Eli Ricks with a pick six in the second half. Only allowed one catch for four yards. The length and explosion that you can see from him. There's a reason that everybody's gotten really excited about him when they signed him from Alabama undrafted as a rookie. I mean, that was perfect timing to jump that route. But Mecky Gardner looked good too. I mean, he's been great all camp. Another undrafted corner the Eagles brought in. He Talk about length. I mean, that forced fumble on punt coverage where he's falling to his left already, reaches back around with his right hand and perfectly pops the football out of James Prochet's hands to force a turnover. Ricky Lovato, the Eagles long snapper, he falls on the football. Mecky Gardner and Eli Ricks, they are so far throughout camp and now a strong preseason debut. They're making the case to make this roster. And I know you already have Slay, Bradbury, Maddox. Those three are locks, of course. I think Josh Job is a lock right now. Maybe. I know Keely Ringo is a, a lock. He's not getting cut. So there's four. Zach McPherson's your main slot corner backup. So that's five. Is there one spot available for Josh Job? Eli Ricks and Mecky Gardner, do they keep a seventh corner and say, hey, these guys are worth keeping over a fifth safety like Justin Evans, who I didn't think looked great on Saturday. I actually thought Kevon Wallace looked really good, though, at safety. I thought he, you know, second in tackles behind Sidney Brown on Saturday night with five tackles. But maybe they say, hey, 
These are our four safeties. If we need a fifth, Keely Ringo can be our star. He can kind of, and by star, I mean positional star, where he's like a corner safety hybrid. Maybe we end up moving him, or if we have to move Avante Maddox, that's the move that we make, and we go heavier at corner because we don't want to lose Gardner, Ricks, or Job. I don't know. Maybe that, and by the way, Baltimore, the broadcast team calling him Josh Joby. Yeah, I couldn't get Eagles coverage. I had to watch NFL Plus on Saturday, but I don't know. I think Ricks and Gardner, they made a strong case. They've been doing it all summer. There is a lot of upside between those two. The fact that both of them went undrafted is peculiar to me. I'm not sure. I mean, I thought it was an impressive debut from the defensive backs. And how about the third round pick, the bigger name, Sidney Brown at safety, leading the way, the whole team with nine tackles. And we've been talking all the time about, we clearly know Sidney Brown's the most talented safety from an athleticism perspective, speed, change of direction, ball skills. The one knock on Brown you know, even his time in Illinois was his size. Like, can he come downhill and make tackles, run fit? Can he play in the box? Is that going to be an issue for him? Because he's kind of built like a running back, like his brother, Chase Brown at Illinois, who was a running back in college. Um, that was not questioned. And you've been hearing so far in camp that he plays physical. He wants to hit and get his nose dirty. That was the case on Saturday. He was flying downhill, making some really impressive wrap-ups. There were some leg tackles. I couldn't believe he held on, but that's the kind of player that you need at safety, especially coming, making up you know 15 yards, getting downhill and going after running backs. Because again, we know that he's compared to Reed Blankenship, Terrell Edmonds, Kavon Wallace. He is the best guy you've got. Like If you need one outfielder, one safety and single high coverage, He's the guy I trust the most already. You want to see that physical ability, and he showed that off. You would not have said this is an undersized guy that can't hit. Sidney Brown, I thought, was impressive. It's only a matter of time. I wouldn't. Be, I think he's going to be one of those three safeties they use consistently from the season opener, but I wouldn't be surprised if him and Reed Blankenship are the two featured safeties, even over Terrell Edmonds, when the season starts. I'm a big Sidney Brown guy, and I was very impressed with his debut on Saturday as well. All right, Eagles fans, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Got four more shows for you as we get you ready for another week of preseason. Joint practice is coming up with the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of stuff coming up right here on the podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Shout out to our everydayers. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds.